0: To preach on and Father, I need some confirmation. I need you to show me what it is that you need me to preach on because I'm, I'm going between prayer, which we preached on last week, and then what I wanted, what I felt like He wanted me to preach on today. And I'm sitting at Wendy's at the drive through at probably eight o'clock, and Marilyn Harrison sends me a text. Marilyn, first of all, when Marilyn sends you a text, you better pay attention, okay? And the text said, Micah, I don't know why I'm supposed to send this to you, but he told me to tell you that whatever you've decided on, you need to run with it. The decision you made, you need to run on it, run with it. Well, my decision was is this, was, this is what I felt like you wanted me to preach on today. So Marilyn, number one, thank you for your obedience, and God, thank you for confirmation. So anyway, saying all that, let's get into the sermon. Today, we're going to preach on controversial conversations. This is something that I feel a lot of people deal with. In fact, a lot of people don't even know how to handle controversial conversations. This is called major problems in our country, in the workplace, in our schools, in our churches, and worst of all, in our homes. A poll from 2022 stated that 80% of all Americans run from or ignore controversial conversations, 80%. And here's the thing, out of that 80%, I guarantee you the other 20% that didn't run from it, probably 90% of them didn't do it right and made the situation even worse. Just to be honest with you. I believe there's three main reasons why people run from controversy. Number one is the obvious, it's lack of courage. They're too afraid to face those controversial conversations. And a lot of times this is because it's it's for the sake of them being liked. They want to be liked. That's what it is. They don't want to have a controversial conversation with somebody and upset them and hurt their feelings because they want to be liked. Let's quit worrying about the world liking us and God loving us. Amen? Sometimes we got to say a little bit of truth. Am I right? It's hard. Not going to lie. We'll get into that. I'm going I'm to hush. I'll get way ahead of myself here. As a child of God, we should never be afraid of controversy. We should never be afraid, period, to be honest with you. 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind or self-control. So why should we fear when he's with us? He hasn't given us that spirit. If you're a child of God, that spirit of fear, that's not you. Amen. That's the evil one attacking So when the evil one does attack, how do we defeat this so we can get back on track and start having these controversial conversations? Again, Jesus gave us this example when he was tempted, and that is that you speak the word to him. There's two verses I use all the time when Satan comes at me, and that is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Satan, you have no right to get into my mind and to distract me. You have no right because, again, speak scripture, guys. I can do all things. One of my favorites is he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world, right? When Satan comes at you, you can use that verse. Guys, I don't care what you use. Just find something. Those are two verses that I love to use. Find something that you can speak back to him. Quote scripture back to him. Speak God's word back to him. He will flee and run like the coward that he is. Amen. Amen. God also tells us that we are not alone when you're facing controversy. Let's look at Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is a personal, personal, personal promise from God. Notice the word I. I. In that one verse alone, it's there five times, guys. So I went and looked up the biblical meaning for the word, for the number five, and it represents God's favor. Right. So five times he tells us here that he's with us, that he'll strengthen us, that he'll keep us safe. That's a personal, personal promise. Right. When you see God speaking in this word and it says, I, it's a promise. You can stand firm on that. Amen? Amen. So, you, so again, you can know as a child of God when facing controversy, you are in his favor. God also tells us in his word that he not only knew we were going to face controversy, I love this verse, but he has already prepared us for it. Psalms 23:5. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I always like to add a word at the end of that, or two words with your goodness. That's three words with your goodness overflows with your goodness. So when facing controversial conversations, you need to understand God has already prepared the way for you. That alone should give you the courage to face any controversy that comes your way. The number two reason people run from controversy is because the lack of social skills to handle them. They are socially inclined. Big reason, technology. Most of this generation has no clue how to hold a conversation, let alone have a controversial one. Guys, <laughs> that's what technology's done. It, it's, it's taken this generation. And here's the thing. It's not just our young children. I know that I heard some of y'all like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Y'all probably text more than you talk to people. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm guilty of it, too. Shut up. but guys here's the thing when it comes to a controversial conversation that should never be handled by a text message or an email right always should be face to face we'll get to I'm gonna get to that a little bit more here in just a minute I mean I do I seriously do though worry about our generation coming up like the presidents in the future like if we have an issue with China or Russia, are we going to text them? But we're going to drop a bomb on y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, that scares me a little bit. Like, we need to have these face-to-face conversations just to build up this younger generation that is coming up. The number three reason and main reason people run from controversial conversations is because they simply don't know how to face them. The good news is Jesus breaks this down for us with a step-by-step outline. We're going to look at Matthew Chapter 18, verse 15. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. The word go. That means actually go talk to them. That means actually go see them face to face. Go. It's an action word, correct? If y'all notice, here in the Bible, he didn't say text them. He didn't say tweet them, he didn't say DM them, he said go. It's time to go have that face-to-face conversation. Again, no text or email, this can be very misconstrued. Text and email can always be misconstrued, you know what I mean? You can always look at that and read it, and the person may not mean to be rude, but it comes across rude, or maybe the person's trying to be rude, and it came across nice to you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know when you look at somebody face-to-face what the situation is. It reminds me of a story. There was a, a couple that, uh, it was their 20th wedding anniversary, and they decided they were going to go down to the Bahamas. And uh, the husband and the wife, they got plane tickets. Well, the wife was a, a big CEO of a company, and there was an emergency meeting she had to stay at. So the husband went ahead and left that day. The wife had to come down the next day. Well, the husband goes down, gets to the hotel, walks in the door, notice there's a computer there. He said, that's weird. never seen a computer in a hotel room like this. So he gets on there, and he thought, I'm going to email my wife. So he types up this email and hits send. The problem was he left one letter out on her email, one letter. Back in the States, in Alabama, there was a lady who was coming home from a funeral. It was her husband's funeral, unfortunately. She gets home, and the first thing she does is she goes to her email, and she pulls it up. And she sees an email. And this email it looks like it's from her husband. And it says, you know, babe, I know this is crazy, but I didn't think you'd think, I, I, I know you didn't think you'd hear from me, but they actually have computers here. <laughs> and then he said, you know, can't wait to see you tomorrow when you get here. <laughs> well, the worst part was the last part. He said, by the way, it's really hot down here. Don't send an email or a text, guys. You really mess somebody's life up that way. You know what I'm saying? Be adults, guys. Have this adult conversation. I've seen this destroy so many relationships. So many times I've watched this. Guys with with grown adults that just can't sit down and have a conversation. They can't just sit down and agree to disagree about something. No wonder this country is so jacked up right now. I'm not going to get political, I promise. It just, it it upsets me. The biggest reason why we are where we are is because of the lack of communication and the fear of having a tough conversation. Before you go talk to them, you need to take these five steps. There's five things that I always do before I step into a controversial conversation. And the first thing is, is you pray. Pray somebody upsets you and you feel like you need to go visit with them about the situation the first thing you need to do is pray about it and let me tell you what you pray about God is this me is this my pride should I be this upset put me in my place God humble me let me know is this a situation where your kingdom's going to be built or is my pride fixing getting in the way that's the first thing you should do that puts you in check really quick if that doesn't, the next step, you got to cool off. got to cool off. I, I have a rule. My rule is 48 hours. Y'all have heard me talk about this before. I have, if, if I'm upset about something, <laughs> hang on, I'm going to say something. I do my best to wait 48 hours. My best. I had a situation not too long ago where I was, I was pretty upset, and I wanted to handle it right then. And, and thank goodness... I couldn't because I couldn't get with this other individual until days later. See what that does is two things. It gives you the opportunity to cool off and have a clear mind before you enter a controversial conversation. And it also gives God time to work. Who's to say he doesn't fix it before you do before you get there. That's happened to me so many times that I've learned to sit back and pray about it and leave it with him. And I'll ask him, God, you just you tell me when's the deadline when do I need to go and have this conversation he'll let you know if he hadn't fixed it after so many days or whatever it may be you'll feel that tug of it's time to go have this conversation so you can build my kingdom through that so we can help each other but there's a lot of times that I've waited and I've received a phone call Mike I apologize I was wrong Give God time to work so you don't have to have that contract. There's no need. Sometimes there's no need. And I promise you if there's no need and you go have it, you're just going to cause a worse problem. You've got to put your pride aside, guys. This one will definitely put you in tech. You go talk to somebody that you trust about the situation and ask them, should I be this upset? Should I even have this conversation with somebody? Go to a mentor go to an elder at the church, go to a pastor, go to somebody that you know. Number 1, you need to find somebody that have any skin in the game by the way. Somebody that has no skin in the game, doesn't know the other individual. You need to go talk to them. Let them point out if this is the right time to do it or not. That could help stop another bad situation obviously. Before the meeting, Let's say you have to have a meeting. You've gone, you've talked to your mentor, and he says, yeah, absolutely, you, you definitely need to go. And another good thing about that mentor is he'll pray with you. He'll probably give you scripture to help you out and so forth. But then you, on the way to the meeting, you go and, you, and, and you're praying all the way there. Like I can just, I'm, on the way to a meeting, I'm in my vehicle and I'm praying all the way there. And what I'm praying is this, guys. God, this is not about me winning this meeting. It's not about them winning this meeting. It's about you winning this meeting. Father, I want you in that room. Through this controversial conversation, God, I have no doubt you can step in and your kingdom can be grown through this. I have no doubt that you can repair a relationship or fix a relationship if you step in. God, I want you to win the conversation. If you walk in that room with the thought process that I'm going to win this conversation, don't go, that's your pride. Check yourself and go back. And wait until your pride's gone before you go talk to the individual. Understood? Pray at the meeting. I always, I always do this. God put this on my heart. You, you, you sit down. And you're sitting across from the individual. And you look them right in the eye and you just say, do you mind if I pray before we start? Not one time, not one time that I've had to do that in a meeting has somebody said no. Every time it's been please yes absolutely see what happens there i think y'all know this it eases the tension and in that prayer you need to make dang sure you say god i invite you in this room i invite your presence in here i ask that you take all pride and selfishness out of here father and your love replaces all that in this room Because here's what I need you to understand, when you're having these controversial conversations, that other person, I guarantee they think their heart's in the right place. They're not doing it just to be mean. They really think their heart's in the right place. If they do say, no, you can't pray, then you look at them and say, well, I'm going to anyway. You just bow your head and you just pray. If they don't like it, they can leave the room. When sitting in on the meeting, this needs to be your thought process. Slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. Listen to the individual. Before you start running your mouth, listen to them. Two reasons. Number one, you might start to understand why you're in the situation a little better. And then number two, maybe they tell you they're going through a bad time right now. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I get it. No wonder they're mad and they're lashing out. Put them first, as hard as that is to do. Put them first. Notice it says, the two of you, no one else. Have the conversation in a private place where no one else can be around. Also, don't let anybody else know that you're having this meeting, except for the person that you confided in. That's all that should know. Nobody else should know about the meeting that you're having with this individual. If you talk to anybody else about this meeting or about this individual before you talk to them, that's called gossiping. Y'all know who gossips? Cowards. Because they don't have enough strength to say that to that person's face. They want to go around and try and show people how tough they are. So we're going to go gossip about this. It's annoying. And it is not of God. Proverbs ten eighteen tells us that whoever gossips is a fool. So basically, if you're gossiping, you're a foolish coward. That's what you are. It's biblical. I didn't write that. It's in Proverbs. The word won. If they apologize and admit they're wrong, you must forgive them. This is a great thing. If you've won them over like it says here, that means God just won. And you accept that. You take the apology, swallow your pride, and accept the apology. That's what you want to see happen. Or you want to find out that maybe you were in the wrong and you get to apologize. Either way, God wins. Now I want to go to the, uh, let's see here, the, 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 the let's, let's say number one doesn't work. That step one didn't work. Going to him that first time, let's look at Matthew eighteen sixteen. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Okay, you take two others. Here's what you need to know about these two other people. These two other people need to be somebody that knows the other individual, if possible. And, and whoever these other two people are, I, don't tell them what's going on. Don't do that. Because here's what happens. You're, you're going to tell them, and they're going to see the... You know the sensitivity on your face and then all of a sudden they're gonna kind of side with you before they even walk into the meeting don't let them know that you take two brothers or sisters with you you take them with you and you say here's the situation I've got a problem with our other friend I just need y'all to sit on this while we visit I just need y'all to hear us out and then I'd love to have y'all's opinion afterwards That's how you handle that and, oh and another thing make sure these two individuals that they're not gossips okay guys it's so important that whoever y'all pick out to go help you with this, they're solid people, okay? They're not going to gossip. They're not going to go around and talk about this behind your back or, or they're not going to go tell the other friend before y'all meet. You know what I'm saying? Like that needs to be a joint session together where all four of you come together at the same time and have the conversation. That way they're not swaying one way or the other. And then uh, everything you say must be confirmed. Confirmed, guys, all that's saying is, is it protects you protects your reputation to have two others go with you two solid individuals that's another reason why you want two solid individuals because when you come out of that meeting if it's two people that gossip all the time and people don't respect them and they're like well go talk to them they're going, like, i don't want to talk to them they're a bunch of liars anyway you want solid people there to back you up solid people good solid christians Let's go to 1817. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then, if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. A corrupt one. We've got a tax collector in this church, so I'm going to say corrupt. I'm going to make sure y'all understand that. Not just a tax collector, a corrupt one. I love tax collectors. Notice the word church. If this is a church situation, you and the witnesses will go to the leadership of the church. Like here, we have pastors and elders. That's who you're going to go to. That's who you're going to go to to state your case, okay? If it's a church situation. If it's not a church situation, you need to go and take those witnesses and everybody else that's involved, that's who you go tell at that point in time. By the way, that's not gossip. It's now biblical. Understood? It's gossip if you do it in the first two steps. After that, if you've got an individual that's not going to change their heart, we've got a problem, and you need to protect them from other people. Michael, what do you do with the people that don't admit they're wrong? You punch them in the mouth. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. You do disassociate from them. And I've got biblical proof to back that up. It's Titus three ten through 11. If people are causing division among you, give a first and second warning. That's what we just read about, right? After that, have nothing more to do with them. That sounds harsh, right? Like you shouldn't be like that to somebody. For people like that have turned away from the truth. They've turned away from God. Amen? The truth, Jesus Christ. Amen? and their own sins condemn them. Even the Bible tells you that after you have gone to this person two times, they still have pride. They still have selfishness and they won't admit they're wrong. Disassociate. That's hard to do. I don't know about y'all, but that that's hard for me as mad as I might be. I I don't I don't want to do that to somebody. But then Romans chapter 14 tells us that there's two types of people in this world. There's a stronger in faith and a lesser in faith. And if you're the stronger faith, and in this situation you would be, right? In this situation you would be the stronger faith. It tells you to lead by example and pray for them. So here's what you do. Yeah, you disassociate, but you still love them from a distance. You still pray for them. You still lift them up. And you're thinking, Micah, but as mean as they are, man, it's hard to pray. I know it's hard. Trust me, I get it. How do you think Jesus felt on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do? He still prayed for them. same people that nailed him to that cross, beat him to a pulp, and shoved a crown of thorns on his head to his soul, he still prayed for them. And you're telling me because somebody hurt your feelings you can't pray for them? Come on, church. That right there keeps God in the situation. If you don't pray for them, who is think about it you may be the only one and somehow in some way you want to keep God in their life and that's how you do it continue to pray for them so real quick to review you go to them one on one if that doesn't work grab two or th- one or two of your brothers and sisters that you can trust and you go to them and then step three is what we just read about In closing, if you're not following these commands, you are missing out on blessings, guys, because God's not going to throw blessings out at people that are not obedient. You see, what this is, controversial conversations, what that actually is, it's an obedience check. God's checking your obedience. Are you going to handle this the right way? Are you going to handle it the way that my son Jesus said in Matthew to handle it? By the way, y'all notice those words were in red, right? It wasn't Paul or Peter. That was Jesus speaking on how to handle controversial conversations. And I'm going to tell you what, I think more than anybody, he knows how to do that. Think of all them controversial conversations he had with all them dang Pharisees. I bet sometimes he wanted to punch them in the mouth, too. I'm just going to be honest. Even worse, if you're not following these commands, guys, you're blocking Christian Warriors Church from growing stronger. Every church is as strong as the weakest link. It's just like any other sport, right? Any team, you're just as strong as the weakest link. And the church is the same way. Now, we love to have somebody walk in here that's struggling and that's weak. But here's the thing. We ain't going to let them stay that way. We're fixing to build them up. We're fixing to make them strong. But, guys, there's a lot of people that just because of fear are not going to be obedient. I have a problem with those people, myself included, It's one of my biggest situations. I'm that guy that we talked about in the beginning. I want everybody to like me. I don't want to be a jerk. Nobody wants to do that. Well, some people are good at it, but, you know, (laughs) I'm not the best at that. I want to love on people. But, guys, I need you to think about, again, Jesus. talking about with those Pharisees. He had a lot of truthful conversations with them, a lot of hard conversations. Sometimes we have to do that. But just always remember above everything else when you walk up to have that controversial conversation, do it out of love. Do not walk in there with pride. You're just going to destroy everything that you may have put together.